0: Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, Kimba Walker spoke to the local media about his time in Charlotte. If he still watches every single game that the Hornets play. Also look at some trends that the Celtics have gone through through the first 6 games of the season. And this, he does he
1: doesn't expect not to, he doesn't he does not expect not to play. Uh, how how much more clear can I make it?
0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In the minute, because we, we, we live. All right, new plan, everybody. No more winning the basketball games. We're done with that. What we need to do, we need to lose, and we need to get Cole Anthony on the team. That's the guy that needs to be the next member of the Charlotte Hornets. Tankinistas, both Doug and I, one Cole Anthony, I imagine to you at least, watching your former alma mater beat Notre Dame last night. Cole Anthony setting records, beating Rashad McCant's record, which was the most important as far as most points, I believe by a freshman in Carolina history, not just debut, which he set that record as well, but he also did it as far as a freshman in North Carolina history. Cole Anthony, man, real deal. Insane.
1: Yeah, I'd like, I would uh, like debut. Yeah, I'd li- <laughs> I was I was waiting on you to land the plane there. I didn't know you were. You like. I felt like I needed to keep driving well, because you were it, like I one didn't of the, feel like, one like one the of those, orange sticks were out. You were like one of those airplanes that goes gook, gook, gook,
0: gook, along the. Well, I felt like the I was looking I was looking for you to put the orange sticks out, but it didn't look like you were ready. That to was the sound of come, the wheels
1: skipping it. along the the runway. Mm-hmm. Boop, boop, boop,
0: boop. So it didn't seem like you were ready to land me, and therefore I was trying to stay airborne for a little while longer until you were ready to go. Are you ready to go?
1: I, I mean, I've been ready. I've been ready for the past minute and a half. So listen, I'm, I am i said before I'm done with <laughs> J. Cole being around the Charlotte Hornets basketball team. He was annoying them while they were in Chapel Hill. I'm telling you, it was a distraction having J. Cole around. And But I want Cole. I want the actual Cole. I want Cole Anthony around the Hornets next season, whatever they got to do. No more playing Devontae guy, Graham. No more playing Cody Martin. These game <laughs> savers, these guys that come off the bench, I'm done with it.
0: Are you done with this as well? Are you done with your statement? Gook, 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 gook. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. A lot of point guards to talk about. Cole Anthony, we just let off the show with. Kimba Walker, point guard, formerly of the Charlotte Hornets, going to be back in the Spectrum Center tonight. Devonte Graham, huge game against the Indiana Pacers, thirty-five points. Kimba Walker mentioned something about him. We'll also have the Terry Rozier revenge game against the Boston Celtics. All the point guards—that's what we're going to talk about here today. So Kimba Walker had a conference call, I believe, with the Charlotte media discussing. This wasn't a conference his, 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 call.
1: He showed up in person.
0: Oh, there he goes! Because go. he's there. It was in person. Yeah. Yeah, There's I guess conference. that is true. I guess it wasn't a conference call. So it was a press conference with the Charlotte media. Of course, it's a big day, him being back here in Charlotte. And a couple of quotes from Kimba that I think are interesting enough to talk about. So Tim Bontemps wrote this for ESPN. He's an NBA writer for ESPN. Said, Kimba said he watches every Charlotte game unless he has a game at the same time. Said, quote, it's exciting to see their growth, especially Devontae Graham. He stole a couple of my moves, I know how hard those guys work. (laughs) That joke has been made a couple of times.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a theory. I think Devontae Graham is actually Kimba Walker in a Devontae Graham skin suit, and I I don't think it's going to be disproven until you see these guys on the floor together tonight.
0: That joke was made a couple of times, right? Like he has been playing like Kimba Walker with this team. 35 points. That's only something that Kimba could have done last season. A couple of 20-point games. Really something that only Kimba could have done last season for this team. So, Is Kimba really watching
1: impressive. these Hornets games? Is that just something he's saying, or do you feel like he is legitimately tuning in to see his old team and a lot of his old teammates?
0: Well, I get why you would question that, because you only listen to the show if you're a part of it, so it's not like you're checking up on your teammate, me, it. if I go solo, so you don't understand where Kimba is coming from. The people that are less selfish than you are, Doug, they probably would watch their teammates, want to see some of the young guys continue to, to grow and develop and watch some of the veterans that he's been very good friends with. So I understand why that would be hard for you to understand, but not me. I get it. I think he's watching the game. Seems like there's not a lot to do in Boston. I think that's my
1: big takeaway. <laughs> if he's got nothing better to do than sit around and watch League Pass, geez. Uh, but that's interesting. <laughs> I-, I love that he is – I mean, he, you know, he took a lot of those young players under his wing. And what do they call the, them, the, like the Avengers – uh, you know under Kimbo, they May were Kimba the Avengers Graham. yeah they would yeah. go eat
0: dinner together right
1: right so I mean you know Kimba Walker just meant so much to this franchise to the city and I know he's going to get a giant ovation uh, under threat from Rick Bennell. he's going to cut he's going to individually confront you if you don't cheer for Kimba Walker uh, when he's Long introduced night, tonight yeah I know he's going to be there late um, so I, I just I can't wait to see his ovation. I think it's going to be fantastic, and I think it's going to be an exciting game. Honestly, I, I think ultimately Boston wins this, but I think it's going to be competitive.
0: Does Kemba cry?
1: I don't know. Is, a is he a crier? Was he? I well, you know I I feel like he's someone that is uh, plays things close to the vest, but ultimately is is a confident person in 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 himself. So yeah, just let him flow, baby.
0: Are you a cl- so you're a close to the vest guy, not close to chest guy. You're a vest guy rather.
1: Yeah, I think you play things close to the vest. Mm-hmm. I don't think you play things close to the chest.
0: Do you not do that? I'll look that it up. I'll
1: look it up, but I think it's close to the vest, not close to the chest. I don't understand why would you play close to the chest. I think it's vest.
0: Why are you playing? Yeah, I mean, close to the chest. Yeah, close to the chest meeting. Yeah, it's up there, man. Is it close to the chest or is it close to the vest? So there's a couple of guys that you can go either way. I actually did the same thing when we've been talking about injury ridden or injury riddled. Both of those. I'm an injury ridden guy. I think you're a riddled guy, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Injury riddled, yeah, I would say riddled.
0: Yeah, I go riddled. By the way,
1: Paul Dano gonna be the riddler in the new Batman. That's an interesting casting choice. We can get to that later. Um, my, I say, I well, think, why don't you
0: get go ahead?
1: Well, I was gonna say, I think people would be curious to know if Kimba Walker is fitting in in Boston. And so I asked uh, the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast how Kimba was doing uh, in Boston, John Corrales, the, the host of Locked On Celtics. And it's it's kind of mixed right now, it seems like he's still trying to figure out exactly how much of a role he has in Boston or how much of a role he really wants. Uh, John was telling me that Kimba said that he actually wants a lower usage rate eventually. Like he's still, the the usage rate for him in Boston, the amount of offense that he's involved in still too high. I looked at the numbers. According to Cleaning the Glass, uh, this year his usage rate is 31.3%. You compare that to his final year in Charlotte last season, which was 33.3%, so only 2% down. And yeah, and anything much. over 30 is a high usage rate. So he's still a big part of what Boston's doing, and it sounds like he doesn't—he doesn't want to be
0: that. I heard Bill Simmons today on the Dan Levitard show, and he was discussing. They were talking about Jason Tatum and whether Jason Tatum could be. Everything I think we once thought he could be when he had that big postseason where he's dunking on LeBron and we all dubbed him to be the next star in Boston, maybe immediately his in his second year, he was going to be amazing. I remember Nada thought it might be close between Kyrie and Jason Tatum, who would be the better player in Boston, of course, spends a lot of time working out with Kobe Bryant and has been the butt of a lot of jokes for working a lot with Kobe Bryant. So his game is a little bit different. Bill Simmons says that Jason's attacking a little bit more. We know about the game-winning shot that he had earlier this season. So I wonder if Jason Tatum starts to grow a little bit more responsibility. Same with Jalen Brown. But also, I think you look at Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward looks a lot different. He looks like he's actually playing close to what he was with the Utah Jazz. And it took a long time to rehab from that devastating injury that we all witnessed in his first game with the Boston Celtics. So I think the tools are there for Kimba to not have to have such a high usage rate. It's all about whether his game can adapt because his game had to be this for so long with Charlotte because there just wasn't another, uh, another guy that could take over. There wasn't, there wasn't enough guys that could take over. I, I wonder how Kimba does adapt to that because it doesn't seem like he's done that entirely with Boston yet.
1: No, they're still trying to figure it out. And, but I have so much respect for Kimba Walker Walker because he gets a raise, he starts a new job, and then he says, I would like to work less. Thanks for the raise. <laughs> I'm new to the company, but first thing, real quick, I would like to, you, you saw how much I worked in my previous job, I would like to work significantly less here. If that's okay, that's what I would like. So, so much respect for the boldness of Kimball Walker. Love that.
0: I don't think Kimba cries tonight. I think he's just very appreciative. Gives us a a night. Maybe he does like the thing where he touches his heart like I'm appreciative. Well, he was yeah, no, hold on. No. He was emotional. I
1: believe he was emotional and visibly so when he got the all-time scoring record.
0: Yeah. I could see for that. For Charlotte. I don't that's a tough call. That's a tough call. You're going to you're I going cry I'm going to go no cry. I remember tears.
1: But what do you think about this thing about him wanting to less usage? Are you okay with that? Are you okay okay with him getting a raise, getting a new job, walking in to the boss and saying, listen, I'd like less work, please. I'd like, no, uh, less memos, um,
0: uh, less emails, please. I would like to work less. He knows that in order to be a winning basketball team, he knows that in order to go deeper into the postseason, that someone else has to step up consistently. He's already done this. He's already been with Charlotte where there wasn't anybody else that could do that. And so he understands that if I, if if this happens again, then our ceiling is probably just getting to the second round, which is something he's never done before, but he understands that in order to reach the team's ceiling, then somebody else has to do some of the heavy lifting every once in a while. It's gotta be Jason Tatum. So yeah, I, I understand. I understand his sentiment. I understand him saying, look, we need somebody else to do, we need somebody else to take the load off of me every once in a while. He's not saying that, but kind of saying that in the way that Jason Tatum needs to have a higher usage percentage and Gordon Hayward, maybe a little bit higher usage percentage. I don't have any problem with it, Doug. I'm, I'm one of those guys that actually likes getting paid a little bit more and doing less work. That would be great for me.
1: I'm going to talk to your boss
0: about that. All right. Thank you very much. You know what my favorite part of the time really is though, favorite part of the time of the year. I don't know what my favorite part of the time is, but I can tell you (laughs) what my favorite part of this time of year is. Yeah, I love I'm a big hours guy. (laughs) Love hours. It just makes time. Especially if you got something exciting that you're looking forward to. Count the hours down, baby. That's what I like to do. But my favorite time of the year is sweater weather, leaves on the ground, and threes from downtown. That's right, for some it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's ball season. Pro and college ball are tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action than to have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. You put hundred dollars, they give you hundred dollars. It's that simple. Use promo code Locked On NBA, all one word, no spaces. Locked On NBA to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On NBA to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Plenty more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is.
1: Yeah, you no, like I, yeah, yeah, no, I definitely – sorry, Martin. I didn't know you were tossing me there. Yeah, I definitely okay. I
0: definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening or were, was I just – that I, I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally know, wasn't. Li- well. I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Cody and Caleb Martin assigned signed to the Greensboro Swarm today not to go play a game or anything, but just to go down to practice. They will be back tonight for the Boston Celtics game, but beforehand they're going to practice again with the G League affiliate Greensboro Swarm. I thought it was weird that they announced this. I also think it's weird that they're doing this in the first place. It seems like it would just wear the Martin twins out and particularly Cody who played 33 minutes the other night was a very good defender helped them win because of his defense. And I would understand if you have an off day, want to send them down there, practice, maybe play, but they got a game tonight. Does it make any sense to you for the Hornets to send the Martin Twins down to Greensboro for practice? Seems odd. I mean, you know, because Cody
1: is getting minutes right now and, and got important minutes, uh, closing minutes, against the Golden State Warriors and that victory and then against the Indiana Pacers, he was, he was a huge factor and, and so much... Uh, of the positives that you get from Cody are around his energy level. So if they did want to utilize him tonight, he's young. I mean, he's a rookie. He's probably going to be fine. Uh, It just, yeah, it's an odd thing. I'm sure they had to announce it. I'm sure there's some weird rule where if you assign a player to a G League team, you have to send some kind of notification out of it. But, yeah, I mean, Cody and Caleb, they will be available tonight if, if needed. But I wonder if JB shortens the rotation a little bit in this game as opposed to – and really, I mean, the onus right now is on the starters to come out with better energy. Like if he has to utilize Cody Martin, if he has to look to Bismack Biombo again in this game, I think that's going to be a really troubling sign. I don't think you see those players unless the Hornets are getting um, thwacked by 20 points. Mm -hmm. Thwacked.
0: Yeah, and I, there's a lot of guys that I believe are coming back for this game. I think there's a lot of guys listed as probable. So uh, Enos Cantor is going to be out for the game. He's not playing. Uh, it does seem like Robert Williams is day-to-day, but probable. Uh, Daniel Tice, I believe, is probable. Jalen Brown is going to be out. So there are a couple of injuries that the Hornets are going to be the beneficiaries of once again. That's happened so often. Gobsmacked. It's happened so frequently for the Charlotte Hornets to continue to just be the beneficiary of Golden State having a ton of guys out, Indiana having the two big guys out. I Again, Jalen Brown, Enos Cantor, those are real players for the Celtics that they would be relying on pretty big minutes from. Molly Whopped. So the Charlotte Hornets play the Boston Celtics tonight in preparation for Kimball Walker. We've talked about a little bit of what the emotional response might be for the Charlotte Hornets. What about Terry Rozier, Doug? Uh, do you think Terry Rozier finds himself in a game of one-on-one with Kemba Walker? Does he try to put up shots, a ton of shots from beyond the arc, try to go shot for shot with Kemba and possibly have a bad game because he's trying to do too much? Like I feel like that could possibly be something we see from Terry Rozier tonight.
1: Uh, We haven't seen it yet, and they did have a chance to play each other in the preseason, so it's not as if this is the absolute first time that they are going up against one another. I know this is the regular season. It's on national television, so maybe, I mean maybe that's the factor. I mean, this is going to be the first time for Terry Rozier as a starting NBA point guard, a true starting NBA point guard, not just a fill-in, to be on national television. So you're right in that there will – this game presents the most temptation for Terry Rozier to do bad Terry Rozier things. So if we walk away from this game, win or lose, and say, you know, Terry really played within himself – Played and and played the offense the way that JB wanted the offense to be played, then I think you have to start to believe that this is a a new Terry, a less scary Terry, or maybe a more scary Terry, because he's playing as a team. Yeah. he's playing with the team.
0: <laughs> I think he does. And not become, playing for Terry, I think he's only getting stronger. Did you land the plane yet? I think you're right. I think that does make him a little bit uh, scarier. So it does say, so what's interesting is I I apologize. I said, Jalen Brown is out, but when you read the recap, it says that Jalen Brown, because of an illness, he is probable, although he's listed as out for the Hornets, just a little bit above what ESPN has right here. I don't know if you have any clarity on that, Doug. The clarity Uh, is uh, that Jalen Brown will play. He, he, does, he
1: doesn't expect not to. He does, he does not expect not to play. Uh, how, how much more clear can I make it?
0: That's pretty clear for me. So it, I, we'll see. I, it does seem like Jalen Brown is going to play. But there are a couple of injuries that the Hornets are going to be going up against. Some of them will play. Some of them will not. We'll see if the Hornets are able to win tonight against the Celtics. But crazy to think that the Hornets are 4-3 going up against the Boston Celtics, who are 5-1. The record is good. You know, I, it does seem like Boston is going to be a good basketball team this year, especially in the Eastern Conference. But they still have some things to figure out. Maybe they make some trades down the line to try to go contend for an Eastern Conference championship. Indochino is the world's largest made to measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. Uh, Doug calls Jim Boylan a turd next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> This is Locked on Hornets. That is so Stu God's form that you were about to make fun of people for their opinions of people changing their body. And then mid making fun of other people doing that, you said, I will say this though, mm-hmm. the guy that I think his body changed, that's correct.
1: Yeah, well, little appreciate. you're right. But little known fact about me, I have 20, 40 vision. So oh, okay. um, that me, I, I'm pretty sure. What, or is it 40, 20 vision? Whatever means that I have great like eagle eye vision. That's Eagle Eye Cherry, by the way. Great underrated band of the 90s. Save tonight. One of my favorite songs.
0: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Did have a couple of notes I wanted to get to from the Boston Celtics and how they've been playing this season. John Corrales has helped us, host of the Locked on Celtics podcast. He helped us with a couple of notes about Kimba. We got into Kimba wanting his usage rate to go down a little bit, and then Doug criticized him for getting paid more, and also wanting oh, to Oh, hold work on less. now. Hold
1: on now. I did not criticize mm-hmm. him. I said much respect to my man. That's right up my alley. I love that it,
0: philosophy. It seemed like a negative tone. It didn't seem like you were. Uh, now, you, now now see, rewind now the you're tape. you check my tone.
1: My tone was positive I, because I love anyone who wants to work less and get more.
0: Love that. It, it it seems like your tone was a little negative about it. It did seem very oh. hypocritical of you. That's why I was questioning if you really thought that way. Let's move on. The Celtics have won five straight games. They did drop their opener in Philadelphia, but then have since won every single game. They've been without Enos Cantor since the opener. He may come back against Charlotte. That's what it was rumored as. We don't know yet for sure. That would
1: would be a huge Um, boost for Boston because Cantor in the past has dominated the Hornets on the boards, and this is not a team that's great at rebounding anyway. Cantor would provide a big rebounding, big offensive rebound put-back game. For Boston and just give them extra offense that the Hornets can't defend.
0: I want to see Billy Hernan Gomez and Enos Cantor play on the court at the same time so we can see the Spider Man GIF come to life. That's what I want to see. I want to see both of those guys point at each other. Yeah. Who, who is it? I don't know. You're talking about somebody being in a skin suit. I believe Enos Cantor, except he's worse though. Like Billy Hernan Gomez is worse than Enos Cantor. So I'm actually giving Billy a little bit of a compliment. One big difference between the Hornets and the Boston Celtics is that the bench for the Hornets has been really good. Whereas John Corrales says the Celtics bench production has been almost non-existent. As of right now, Gordon Hayward, Kimba Walker, and Jason Tatum are all averaging over 20 points per game and Jalen Brown is close behind with just over 17. Celtics don't have much scoring off of the bench.
1: No, yeah, Brown Brown missed three games, and then a lot of their bench players are really, they're just not natural scorers. O'Jale, not a scorer. Robert Williams, not a scorer. Grant Williams is rookie role player. Glue guy is not going to be a big scorer, I don't think, in his NBA career. So really the guy that they're looking at to provide the scoring punch off the bench. Well, one it's Marcus smart, but smart has been forced to start because Jalen Brown's been out and also smart's not shooting the ball very well. And then Carson Edwards is supposed to be their heater. Uh, another rookie off the bench. He was absolutely incredible in the preseason. I mean, you couldn't stop the guy and and he was, he was splashing all over the place. And now uh, he, you know, we get to the regular season and, uh, it's it hasn't worked out for him. So they're they're really hoping that Carson can come into this game and knock down a few shots.
0: All right, so thanks to John Corrales for providing some Boston Celtics notes. We do have a, vo- a couple of voicemails to get to. Uh, Daniel Tapp has called in a couple of times. Always enjoy hearing from him. Let's get to Daniel's voicemail here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Hey, guys, this is Daniel just calling in. In regards to uh, the LaMelo ball mock draft, Personally, I'm a would be a huge fan of this pick because I feel like uh this team is in need of some star power and obviously the guy does some cool stuff in the court. Uh maybe like a Luka Doncic but not really a great shooter. Uh if, if you were in a position to make this pick, would you go for that uh low floor, you know, high ceiling guy who could be a potential star? Or would you continue the trend of getting a blue-collar guy who may be um, you know, lower ceiling but can contribute right away? Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks to Daniel. I think what I would do is, one, I think they're going to be in a position where they have a really good shot at getting a star. So I want a star. I don't want to pick another P.J. Washington or Miles Bridges. Maybe a P.J., the way he's playing. But I don't want to pick a guy with that kind of floor, that low of a ceiling, with a top-five pick, which is I do think the Hornets are probably going to end up with a top-five pick. Uh, Lamelo though, is seems like a guy that I would probably pass on compared to maybe an Anthony Edwards out of Georgia, James Wiseman out of Memphis, Cole Anthony out of North Carolina. Uh, Lomelo oh, would well, probably yeah. be going I mean, four or five. Top, I mean, yeah, if you had a top-three pick,
1: I'm not sure that Lamelo is top-three right now. Um, but if you, had a, if you had the fifth pick, that's where he was referencing when we talked about Sam Bassini's mock right, draft.
0: Right, but did I – did I name all of them? Like, did I get all of the guys? Like, are there guys that I'm just not mentioning? Cause that's what I was, I was leaving myself some wiggle room. I, if there are guys that are kind of consensus top five picks, I mean, maybe Lamelo is up there as much as anybody. I just don't know about the draft right now. Yeah, Everybody's kind of down yeah. on
1: this class right now, which tends to happen at the beginning of a college basketball mm-hmm. season. You think, well, there's not really any star talent. And then they start actually playing basketball and all of a sudden, Oh my God, this guy, we got to look at this guy. And, Um, so, but if it ends up being a weak draft class and the Hornets do get a top five or top three pick, I think this talk about what they should do. I mean, obviously I've been, I've been saying they should go for star power and go for high ceiling for the past Mm -hmm. couple of years. And then, you know, PJ Washington is a high floor guy and ends up being, you know, incredible to start the year. So what do I know? Uh, But this team seems content on taking the player that they want to take and the player that they feel like is the best available at that position. You know, for the next few years they're going to need everything. So, I'm not sure they're going to especially with the first round pick. I'm not sure they're going to take, you know, need or roll into into much account. They're going to find out who they believe is the best player and has the best potential moving forward.
0: Well, well and where I want to take that is, what about the point guard position? I mean, that's interesting to me because you have Terry Rozier on a couple on, on a deal that's a couple more years long, and then you have Devontae Graham who's playing like this. You know, let's say that he finishes the season scoring twenty points per game. Terry Rozier is a guy making eighteen million dollars a year. Malik Monk is kind of your hybrid point guard slash two, and then you go after Cole Anthony. Like you're, you're definitely drafting Cole Anthony if he's the best player available. But I just wonder about: is there anything that would take you maybe away from drafting a Lamelo or a Cole because? if there is one position that they have a decent amount of young guys especially with Cody Martin being someone that they kind of want to run the at the one a little bit i just that would be funny to to see Cole Anthony be another guy that you bring in
1: no i don't think so i don't think you're you're you shouldn't be scared of any position of any player you take the best available because i think if terry continues on this track i mean his contract's going to be tough to deal but he's also, I think, can be an asset for this team moving forward if he stays, you know, playing at the level that he's playing now. And then Devontae Graham could possibly—I don't want to—I made this—I uh, put this tweet out that um, that I'm I'm so happy that the Hornets are fortunately going to have guys like PJ Washington, PJ Washington, and Devontae Graham around for a while. But I should have said potentially, because really, what you want is if you're the Hornets is. For a few of these guys to pop like like Devonte Graham did, and then swing those into into deals for for assets, and then you know a year or two later swing something for for a big name player. So yeah, I think I think you just get as much talent. You're in talent acquisition mode right now, wherever it is, however whatever mm-hmm. the package looks like, you're you're attempting to get as much talent as possible and then shake it out, shake it all out in two or three years and worry about roles and building a playoff team.
0: Kawhi Leonard sat out the second night of a back-to-back despite it being nationally televised, uh, a nationally televised game against the Milwaukee Bucks. So it was supposed to be a star headline between Giannis Attenecompo going up against a Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi healthy enough to play, but Apparently, he is not healthy enough to play the second night of back-to-backs as well as continuing to go out there every single game of an 82-game season. So the NBA responded to this, and the NBA found that the Clippers were in compliance with its rules on resting players. Doug, a lot of people were angry about this. Doris Burke had some comments about Kawhi Leonard not playing Against Giannis Antetokounmpo that this is a problem for the NBA. What say you about load management going on in the association right now?
1: It's a complex issue for a couple of reasons. I mean, from Kawhi Leonard's perspective, he did this; he, he's done this now last season and won what well, was Finals MVP. He won his championship, so like the 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 incentive for him to do this is all there. And you know, certain players just don't care about a matchup this early in the season or going against a certain guy that's just those just that spirit uh is is not there for certain guys and and that's just that is what it is you can criticize it if you want to. But, but he has the hardware. Every, see, that's the thing. It, once Kawhi Leonard retires, that's all people will talk about. They'll talk about, does he have rings or does he not have rings? They won't say, well, you know, <laughs> he was always the guy that would step up and play a national TV game in November against uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. No, of course, they're not going to talk about that. So that's where Kawhi's priorities are. From the NBA's perspective, they're, they're trying to fix this situation. But in my mind, the only way you fix the situation is by reducing the number of games, thereby eliminating back-to-backs, and then you don't have a national television game on a, on a back-to-back. Or finagle the schedule and get the national TV games off all the back-to-backs, and you at least incentivize players playing when uh, the, the lights are the brightest.
0: And that would be really tough to do. But what makes this more complex is if you do cut, let's say, 20 games, let's say that you have 62 games in the regular season, I'm saying it would be tough to find a way to finagle the system enough to where you don't have any national televised games on the second night of backs-to-backs backs and making schedules like that. But what I'm saying is also is going to be tough is trying to make up for the lost revenue that comes with losing 20 games. And I well, wonder I how mean, much fans, players... Well, I mean, fans, you know,
1: unfortunately fans will have to eat it. I mean, ticket prices will get... Look, ticket prices are what they are for basketball games versus football games because there are only 16 football games and there are 82 regular season NBA games. So yes, prices well, would go up on... They, look, teams would figure out... How to how to get the revenue back? It's it, but but the games would matter more. Uh, they would feel more important. They would be I think they would be more fun to go to because you could be guaranteed night in and night out that the best players were going to play. So the I would rather would I would rather pay and... double for a ticket if I knew the best players were going to play than pay you know half that price and not know if LeBron was going to play in Charlotte.
0: Yeah, I think, man, that I wonder if a lot of other fans feel the same way. If they'd be willing to pay double for a ticket? Well, I, look, to go I, see. I'd hope,
1: I'd hope that if you were paying for an entertainment product of any kind, because this is a, I mean, you know, it, it's an entertainment product. It's a luxury. Uh, well, it's a product. I mean, it's a product that is not a necessity necessarily. So, if you pay for an entertainment product, would you not want to pay more for a guarantee that it was going to be an actually
0: good entertainment product? Well, that you would see the guy that you like hopefully give you a good entertainment product, you know, because those guys do have bad games, but you are right about having the players go out there. And is that going to be enough to make up for all the lost revenue? I mean, is it just that easy? You just jack up the ticket prices as much as you possibly can? Are the ratings going to be good enough? I mean, 20 games, it's a lot. So do you just double the price of tickets and then also have hopefully get better ratings because it's not a foregone conclusion that you would even get better ratings enough to make up for all of it and adam silver has brought up the kind of soccer in season tournament before in order to try to gauge lost revenue like it's it's a tough situation to try to figure out
1: yeah no i think tv ratings are going down that the nba has to do something and also just add to the complexity of all this because you see a lot of people on twitter commenting well michael jordan played nine full seasons and Kawhi is, you know, missing two games in the first seven. Okay, well, Michael Jordan didn't have to go through this AAU system where, you know, the, these youth leagues, before these guys ever get to college, these youth leagues are putting so much wear and tear on these players' knees that by the time they get to the NBA, even when they're a rookie, they, they have veteran knees. And so I don't know how the NBA addresses that. I mean, I don't know how the NBA says, hey, this, this AAU thing is ruining our product, so, you know, it's it's a complex issue.
0: Yeah, and in the specific case of Kawhi Leonard, we saw him hobbling in the postseason at times in that magical run that he had to, towards the championship. We saw him limping off of the plane to go visit some teams via free agency. And Kawhi has all the power because you know that negotiations before him agreeing to play for the Clippers was, this is my regiment. This is what we're going to do. So <laughs> I'm going to go under load management and if you don't like it okay you know that contract ends in just about two years I can decide to go somewhere else but if you make me happy I might just opt into my third year and then if I'm still good enough and you guys will have me which I'm sure they will then I'll play even further than my contract allows and sign another one with you do we have enough time to go go ahead Doug you said I just want to to
1: say uh, real quickly I cannot wait until the Charlotte Hornets have a player that they can load manage. They just don't even have yeah, that right now. They're, they're, yeah. they're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot <laughs> wait until the Hornets load manage.
0: Hey, we managed the load of Tony Parker last year. That was our load management player. There you go. That's the same exact thing. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And you can follow us on Twitter at On Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail and Doug's on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. We'll be back to see who won the Did Kimball Walker Cry sweepstakes. We'll also talk a little bit about the game between the Hornets and the Boston Celtics. Kimba's comeback. All good stuff tomorrow. Make sure you join us for the last edition of the week of the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network.